0: Hey, everybody, this is Perch, and I'm here with uh, Joe Corrala. How are you doing? Hi, I'm all right, Perch. How are you? I'm uh, doing OK. I need to think of a better intro there. Um, we've been doing this long enough, but uh, we'll try. Yeah,
1: but the, the, you know what happens, though? You change it up, and then half the comments are people being like, what happened to the old intro?
0: Exactly. Yeah, people like their familiarity. They like to, to, to count on things, um, yeah. which this comic that we're about to talk about uh, gave you none of that. It was, nope. uh, it was very jarring. Um this is City of Crime uh that ran in Batman back I'm I'm trying to think the year. This was when was it
1: 2005 this? 2006 in that era. There you go. Know. Right yeah. before Hush, right? This was this is after Hush. After Hush. Yep. This is right before like 6 months before Paul Dini took over detective.
0: Excellent. Okay. So there's yeah. our put people in their time that that time span in your mind. You got to remember We'd gone through Hush. We're going into this. This uh, had a little kind of teaser in Batman 800, and then it ran from Batman 801 to 814. Oh, well, uh, but yes. Oh, in Detective. What am I? All right, I'm just screwing up all over the place. You're fine. Right. <laughs> I'll I'll cut all that out later if I remember. <laughs> all right, gotta gotta look smart. Detective Comics. There we are. 801 to 814. It had a one issue kind of hiccup in the middle or toward the end there.
1: 810. Um, yeah, there's a little break, which was probably like a short uh, fill-in or, or something like that, or it might have been so uh, David Latham can uh, catch up. Only he knows. We'll yeah. have to we'll have to get him to tell us someday.
0: It's a mystery worthy of Batman.
1: Um, it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, but this is a a story that we were talking about earlier. Um, very few people seem to remember when they talk about Batman stories. It's it's kind of faded from memory. And um, despite the fact that this is possibly, I don't know, this is in one of the top five, maybe top three Batman stories of all time, would you say?
1: Oh yeah, this is easily, um, I it, this is hands down top three uh, post-crisis Batman story. Like yeah. no competition. You know, and if I really took the time to really like, you know, really hash it all out, it's probably top two. You know, if I really, you know, went for it because it's just so, it's so powerful and, you know, it's just, it's done on, it is a crime that, yeah, it's in the title. That, yeah, this it's a crime that we live in a world of long Halloweens and hushes when this kicks the living shit out of both of those books
0: oh ab- I mean, absolutely I, I think uh, I actually did after we did hush, I went back and read long Halloween um, it, it holds up better than I I, I feared I feared it yes. was gonna be. Um, but but it was it's still a decent title. Um, and as we talked about before, hush, amazing art, absolutely. Um, but story uh, kind of not not there. Uh, this one could not be more opposite, both in tone and quality and all the pieces coming together. It is a, a absolutely powerful story. I, I, I just went back and read it and I was struck by it. Like this one immerses you in Gotham and not a good Gotham, but a really no. terrible, shitty Gotham. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it really immerses you in a way. And again, like David Latham, most people probably know from Stray Bullets. Um, mm-hmm. I think there was uh, what was it Murder Inc at Image. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. There, there were a, a, a few other uh, really, really awesome uh, sort of works he did. He's done stuff. You know, Avatar Press. I'm familiar with uh, some of that. As yep. well. Um, you know, he, he's dabbled in some superhero stuff, but it's not really what he's known for.
0: That's right. And yet
1: Murder he, me dead. That's it. Sorry. Murder
0: me dead. Yeah, he yeah. gives us maybe one of the most um pitch-perfect, powerful takes on Batman during the course of this. We get a stark difference between kind of his Bruce Wayne and Batman characters, and yet, you know, the the, the Bruce Wayne's thoughts are leading to of batman and how he's tracking stuff down in a different way he um and visually as well the art on this book uh from ramon box is is also very different i mean they they draw batman really utilizing the shadows the cape uh it's it's almost kind of a horror take on batman and how he looks it's uh it's an amazing it's just amazing from start to finish so we're gonna go through that
1: absolutely and um part of probably what what sinks this all up is david latham does all the layouts for every issue yeah so you have a writer who's also laying out the book which is fairly unique um this is up there with um you know you'd see this um you know a lot with like like john byrne doing the fantastic four where um you know he's credited as the artist but a lot of times it's like you know pencils by john Byrne and finishes by and it's like he he more laid it out and uh, did, yeah. you know, and to varying degrees, depending on schedule, because he was a very busy man at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with George Perez. Um, you'd yeah. see that like in like uh, New Teen Titans and Wonder Woman. The, lo- the longer he was on that book, you'd start seeing more stuff where it was, you know, uh, co-plotted and, you know, pencils and finishes. And it's like, OK, so. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, he um y- you have this going on with this book and another crime here. This is, uh, I believe, the only time David Latham has ever played in the Batman sandbox.
0: Yeah, which is nuts. Again, because he, like from the first issue of this run. We're getting uh we're getting a real deep gotham. I mean, we're we're getting he, he's going right I don't know the best way to put this to the street level of the city, uh, showing the crime in gory intense detail. The the people within it. I mean, there's there's some pages here where it's kind of going from panel to panel to kind of different individuals here who are uh just doing terrible things. It's uh it is an it is an absolutely ugly, terrible Batman or a uh, Gotham. You get the sense of of Batman's kind of uh, why he's why he's engaging in this all night. It's just it's it's an obsession uh, with uh, with with really crime we haven't seen before. And and this book also it does give us Arkham, but very briefly. Like it does not yeah. rely on this the things that we're used to seeing over and over and over again when we come to Gotham.
1: Absolutely. Um, You know, the something else interesting, like the whole like prelude to this from uh, Detective 800 is all done in caption boxes, which uh, I know you're not allowed to write with caption boxes. And if you do, you're a moron. But, you know, he. pulls it off somehow and and this has tons <sighs> of caption boxes by the way but I, the whole story. I yeah yeah it's it does do caption boxes uh, and it's more light on the dialogue uh but but it's done so masterfully mm-hmm. um y- you know and, and i think part of this is also he's writing this and laying it out so he knows um what panels are going to have the room what aren't um, as he's getting uh, these stories together, it's something that I think, you know, we we miss when we you know talk about you know the importance of laying out a page versus the importance of drawing a page, um, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's so gorgeous, like you were saying, and this feels like a, a take two at Batman Broken City.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's I mean because the focus is on this irredeemable, terrible crime ridden hellhole of a city. Yeah. Um, but this one doesn't pull the punch. It, it in fact, it it, re- it introduces you to it over and over and over. It can, it can become very uncomfortable and tough to read after a while because it is so aggressively brutal in portraying this city and the people within it as just being the worst of everyone um yeah you the, know the crime is not pretty
1: no it, it is not and um y- you know um that that's no uh, knocking uh you know Brian Azzarello and uh Edward uh, Riso, who uh did um uh, you know 100 bullets and and a lot of other uh seminal works um but just uh, that taking place literally immediately after hush mm-hmm. was so jarring I-, I think for readers that that's part of why you you had that fall off after after hush but but yeah we we come to this like very like right off the bat it is you know you get to like detect like a detective 801 and Mm -hmm. it's just like this is a filthy city where um you know underage prostitutes are uh you know being murdered
0: yeah you have um I mean, you're, you're showing uh, pretty, I mean, you're, you're showing people shooting up, you're showing people uh, kill themselves and they're they're to the people around them. You're showing suicide. You're showing rape. You're showing all the, I mean, you're showing ugly, ugly crime. And unlike, I mean, it's, it, this is not the comic where Batman is going to go up against a bunch of goofily dressed villains and have wacky adventures racing through Gotham. This is one where the city is, um there it's it it is entirely broken and every single page has some very terrible thing going on to it for this first issue
1: yeah i mean in this first issue uh bruce wayne uh meets this girl haiti she's like 15 (laughs) years old um she she's this young girl who's basically prostituting herself out um you know and he meets her as bruce wayne and he he can't help her as Bruce Wayne. Right. And that's a subtle element to, to the story. It doesn't beat you over the head with that being the case. It's you, you, They show it through the discomfort of Bruce, where he knows this is bad, I need to help this person, but I can't because I'm here as Bruce Wayne.
0: Yeah. Well, and he, he kind of, it it sets up a a guilt because he tells her, she, she kind of comes on to him and he uh, smiles because she's charming, and then regrets it immediately because he feels like he's he's leading her on, or it's it just he he feels disgusted by the entire situation. So he he kind of snaps at her. He tells her, you know, stop pretending. You need to go back and be a child. Um, and then you get this pretty powerful scene where the next time he sees her, he's Batman. She's dead and he's commenting that you know he gave her he said the worst possible thing to her he said go back and be a child but she couldn't because she was a child she's this in-between thing fighting to survive um and he's he basically sets up this uh need for him to kind of come to grips with this terrible thing that's happened in his city
1: yeah and um also to help set the stage here you know we do see like a we see the seeds here planted of like some like Mm -hmm. Um, police like either corruption or at the very least like disinterest in in some of these issues that are affecting the city but um, part of what separates this from uh, Hush and uh, even Long Halloween this is a very stripped-down cast this is this is a Batman story where Tim Drake helps but he never Takes the lead. He's always the B plot. Uh And Alfred's like there, but he doesn't take up too much real estate. Like David Latham, as he's crafting this story, is crafting a Batman story. It's not these other characters, and these other characters play their role in the story and they move the story forward. But it's Batman who is always like the juggernaut pushing and pushing this plot along.
0: Yeah, it, it is absolutely a Batman story, and it's one of the only ones that goes for this amount of time, where they, like I said, he very sparingly uses the other characters. Uh, Jim Gordon makes a very brief appearance; um, mm-hmm. he's he's just barely there. Uh, you know, like I said, Tim is at this stage uh, young and clearly uh, a work in progress. He's uh, he's unrefined, and he's he's just there to kind of move a couple things around and the same thing goes with the villains it also we do get this is a a story that has the penguin in it to some extent uh it has mr freeze it has a ventriloquist um and that's that's really it yeah the villains we know everything else is it's bruce and it's bruce against the city and of Mm -hmm. course the threat that comes in here um that is really how would you would you describe this as a horror uh because i've seen some people say this is a horror book
1: it, it definitely has those horror sort of feels. It's probably more akin to like a thriller than a horror. Yeah. Where, um, y- yeah, there are horror elements to it. Um, there are, uh, part of what makes it a horror is not explaining certain things. Right. There's this like, you know, I'm not going to get too into it just yet, but there are people out there who can like manipulate their facial features in a way like clayface
0: right and you kind of at the beginning you kind of wondered if that was what they were doing here If this was at the end of the day a clayface story but it's definitely not this is not clayface
1: yeah no it's it's definitely not clayface it's like it's more horrible than that right you know and um it's interwoven into uh, Penguin, basically having, you know, the second issue of this basically goes into, there's a burning building, and uh, it's where Penguin has been housing a, a lot of the prostitutes that he controls. Right. And um, this is one of my favorite lighter moments in it. Um, you don't get many of these, so enjoy. You do not get many, No. <laughs> where um the the narrative captions, and this is how you work narrative captions, because um they are really important, and use yeah. all your tools in the toolbox. It's you're not training yourself by uh not, you know, like not using certain tools in your toolbox. So there's a scene where Tim Drake is is going through, he's gung-ho. He's like, I'm getting in that burning building and I'm gonna save everyone. And yeah. he's like stalking around and it's written out where you know he's stalking the hallways like a panther and mm-hmm. then in the next caption it's like more like a possum but don't tell him that yeah and then yeah. later it's paid off i believe in the next issue where he's explaining it to uh to bruce and he's going um so i'm going down like the hall like a panther and uh it, you know it's just yeah. brilliant it's little touches like that are are scattered through this whole book
0: they are and and i notice uh, he uses them in particular to draw out more contrast again to separate batman from everyone else they use these little moments of humor to keep you from getting too i think immersed into the other characters um it it just it, it has an interesting steering effect yeah uh, but it, it is yeah, yeah, this like you said this this is not a fun book in the sense of it's not it's not light. It's not going to uh it's it's not a feel good book. Um Batman is kept uh kind of both grim, determined and and sinking. He is uh you, you feel this sense that the city is beating him as oh, he's yeah, going along. So
1: so so basically what ends up happening here it is This building burns down. They can't save everybody, right? And then we cut to this mother who um, is thinking of her daughter Casey, who who looks a lot like Hattie, right? And um, you have her do like a little news conference, um, talking about you know how she lost her daughter. And, and how this, all of this, like, that enough is enough, and these, you know, horrible things in Gotham have to come to an end, which is Bruce seeing all of that, seeing, um, you know, this other girl who looks just like the girl he let down earlier, that he's like, I really, I need to do something ab- a- a- about this. Right. A- and that's really what, you know, escalates the story
0: yes and it's 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 good um we learned during this period that this girl who was found then with an overdose um that, that bruce is blaming himself for not being able to save uh, she had come to the mansion while he was out and basically um you know talked to alfred for a bit stole something that was in theory mainly you know used to pay for the drug she overdosed on which, which also then it just it deepens his his concern or his his feeling of guilt that here was you know she even she came to him and yet still he was not able to help because he was off doing something else. But um, it it along with all the moving parts, you get a sense of a Batman who's spinning plates, trying to to take care of everything, can't even begin to take care of everything he needs to. And so it's it's more of a how do you fail. In the the least worst way possible <laughs> it's kind of becomes yes a,
1: yeah no it is um yeah and, and we we get this uh launching really the the meat of the story in this third part where uh you know batman basically figures out the building this is penguin i, I i'm going in there i'm going to stop penguin uh-huh. meanwhile Penguin has sent out Mr. Freeze to start taking out people who might be associated where it could leak back to him.
0: Right. He's trying to cover his tracks.
1: And this is where we get um, a a really great Mr. Freeze who is uh, just this horrifying mercenary who is uh, brutally murdering people with this freeze gun, just shattering bodies. We Mm -hmm. get this uh, great interrogation scene where... um, Batman's interrogating this person who most of their limbs were shattered and, and like the bottom half of their body as uh, from the Joker, who uh, not the Joker, uh, Mister Freeze, and um, Batman uh, is basically interrogating this guy, knowing he's there's nothing he can do to save this guy's life, but this ice is keeping him alive right. for a little longer so he can get some information.
0: It's nice to see. I mean, and it. it Again, it it's jarring because if you if you just came off of Hush, the villains are doing villainous things, but not not any kind of serious way. It doesn't feel like they're that threatening. They're kind of the Harlequins robbing an opera. It's uh, but in this one, as you mentioned, Mister Freeze shows up on the scene, and there's frozen body parts just scattered all over the road. And I mean, it it really drills home the fact that the villains are killing people like crazy. Everywhere. Oh,
1: yeah. No, it's a it's a dark, twisted story. Yeah, and all the parts are necessary. Like this is not a bloated story. Like Long Halloween Hush stories, like that are really bloated stories. Yeah, um, it's not it's not figuring out what the story needs and then applying things to it. It's how do we get all these characters into it. And I, you get a much stronger story when you are only adding characters when needed.
0: No, that's that's right. It's um, and I don't think uh, people shouldn't take this the wrong way. If you're if you haven't read this, this is not a comic where we're going to drag Batman down and make him depressed and sad and you know question who he is. Batman knows who he is. It's it's the, the conflict here is that the threat is bigger than batman in a lot of ways not not you know because it's everywhere and he knows it and he's trying to figure out a way to path forward anyway but it's it's he's having to face this kind of very ugly crime that superman doesn't deal with like none of the other like can you imagine the same setup with the flash or green lantern or superman you couldn't have them interacting with this world
1: no i I, absolutely not it's um you couldn't at, at all um you know and, and it just you should, <laughs> yeah. you, should,
0: you should be careful the monkey's paw is gonna turn and we're
1: gonna <laughs> no for sure but like you know and, and you know the story keeps going and it's very well paced like now we're at like um yeah you, you know i think what was it we have hades funeral in the next issue and bruce yep. wayne shows up for that and um you know, um, there there's this really powerful line where, it, you know, they're kind of like, "Why the hell are you here, Mister Wayne?" <laughs> you know, yeah. but um, you know, case uh, was it Hades' father at the funeral says to Bruce, "Come now, Mister Wayne." Was she really that good? Yeah. And okay. it like makes him like just want to punch this guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's her dad, of course you you I mean it's people are ugly in this book it is it is an ugly city that Batman has to navigate through uh, this chapter also gives us uh we get more of this kind of uh the body this 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 threat yeah and this threat is and this is where the horror elements are coming in. I mean, we're seeing kind of people steal other people's face, we're seeing. Kind of these, this kind of almost who you can trust um, body snatchers type plot, uh, but it hits home to me when the penguin is attacked in his mm-hmm. um, in his his tower there, and they shoot the assailant and his basically his head explodes, it's and it's made of dirt and you just see that it's it's just a it's it's very this is probably where you get very very creepy very ominous it does feel like a horror horror film at this point um or more like maybe a film like seven where it's it's very creepy it's very unnerving and we're seeing a very different kind of threat
1: yeah no and, and then like you know the body is a real important part of the beginning of the fourth issue where mm-hmm. uh Tim Drake, has to uh, stop a body double from murdering a baby. Yeah. And, um, and later he talks with Bruce about it. And he's like excited that he saved this baby. And Bruce is the one who has to be like, what's wrong with you? Like this is nothing to be excited about. A baby was almost murdered. Like, why are you, you know? And it's, it's still, he's still trying to shape Tim. And uh, this is, probably the heaviest um we get with uh Mr. Freeze because there's like uh the shootout at the end with, with Mr. Freeze as like um uh what was it the body uh people involved are trying to take him out. Mm-hmm. Um because now from him trying to clean up after the penguin, he's getting too close to what the body's doing. So now the body has to take out yeah mr freeze and all the while you know that's you have that going on you you have uh th- this creepy place where mr freeze is like uh holding people frozen near to death yep In and uh, of them, basically yeah and this is also where we get the introduction of the ventriloquist for this particular story yep. yeah yeah
0: it has a nice sequence where um, you know the the bodies people are coming in after freeze and you see them kind of emerging from this crowd um, and you do get kind of a nice moment here where you know tr- it says and truthfully he's relieved he thinks this is the beginning of the end but he's wrong that's for later yeah. right now he's surrounded by a score of unknown enemies right now he's grinning finally men he can feel good about hitting and it does that's how that issue ends and it does feel like we get a bit of a uh, after all this kind of very brutal, terrible stuff, Bruce is wading through as Batman. He's finally going to, you know, tackle a threat that feels maybe a little bit like other Batman comics. He's just going to unload on a f- you know bunch of masked enemies. But pretty quickly, uh, Batman comes to the conclusion that it's not going to be that way.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's an overwhelming situation. Uh... He's, you know, baffled and confused by what's going on with the body. He just doesn't know. He's, like, fighting these, like, people, and they're melting. And yeah, there's more than he can deal with. And he's also got to try to prevent, uh, you know, Mr. Freeze from just dying from heat since uh, his suit's been damaged. Yes.
0: And it's- this, yeah. It's also bringing in um, more of the police are now starting to come into this. We're getting uh, Frank uh, and his partner who are also trying to investigate some of this. And that's going to be a plot that's going to kind of sit in parallel for a
1: while. Yeah. You know, they're, they're getting involved. They're investigating things. You have um, God, this, uh, everything's so horrific in, in the best way. Cause this is also when, freeze finally gets back to his hideout and he doesn't have a suit anymore and he's gonna die so he like cranks up the cold but he still has living prisoners in that freezer who are going to die and like he's not like hearing it and they're like screaming for their lives for him to like please you can't make it colder we'll die and he does not notice or care
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's it it's absolutely it's this isn't the um you know tragic lovesick mr freeze this is a mr freeze who's completely alien to other people and their needs and is just again very callous he's he wanders into crowds he shoots people he, he erases them I, I love that scene of him coming back and it's like the uh the priest is here with uh with the girl and they're like oh thank god somebody's you've come back you know you're, you're we're about to die here and then he he like you said he cranks up the cold and they realize it's it's getting worse so um and and basically as the the two try and make their escape he does then murder the the priest i mean
1: yeah and it's but it's done in a way where like michelle kind of knows that the little girl kind of knows that's what's going to happen and she kind of eggs the priest on yeah and um gets him killed um in a way to like save herself yeah and then batman misses all of that and likely never knew that's what happened
0: right yeah and He then, comes to the end yeah
1: and then he comes to save michelle after she kind of got a guy murdered
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> yes i mean she she basically her plan as it appears was to kind of get the priest to attack freeze, have freeze kind of break the bars of the cage and get him close to where she could play off of the fact that he thinks she's Nora and she, with her parka can kind of, you know, hug her and warm him up to the point that he starts, you basically gets incapacitated. That's when Batman shows up. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, that's a, that's a bunch of grim stuff there. (laughs) It's, uh,
1: and then it ends on a grimmer note when, um, right. you know, you, you brought up the police, the, the parallel story. The right. past few issues they've been doing the investigation, you know, on the like, you know, more official end on like we have to look up witnesses and things like that. So they find, uh, you know, Cassie's old boyfriend and uh, he has now killed himself.
0: Yes. Uh, along with his Pregnant
1: wife, right? Or, or, yes, yeah, pregnant wife or pregnant girlfriend. It might yeah. have been girlfriend, but, but yeah, he killed kills himself and yeah. her.
0: Yeah. I mean, at this point, this was not a comics code authority book. No, yeah. <laughs> this would be black label or what would do it? Would, would they even do this today?
1: That's this that's is a, better than anything black label puts out. Let's, let's, well, sure, but, <laughs> but I, can't,
0: I can't picture DC doing this story. Like it's, I, 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 I don't think they would let it go this, this dark.
1: I, yeah, it's, I don't know how this happened and I'm so grateful it did because, um, it's one of the absolute greatest times I'll ever have reading a Batman comic in my whole life. <laughs> um, cause you, you can't replicate this and this is, this sits and stays with you. Like, uh, it will, yeah, know, it's it's incredibly powerful and then you start you see how david latham's using all these parts you know we're on like the sixth chapter and the ventriloquist it becomes sort of the main antagonist for tim drake for most of the rest of the story right and um it, you know so it's like okay there is a reason why the ventriloquist is here it's not just because you know, like, oh, I like the ventriloquist, so I'm just going to put him in here to have a line and have Batman punch him in the face, like so many other Batman comics.
0: <laughs> exactly. No, this, this, everything is very purposeful. Um, a lot of things, including the very first issue of this, uh, setting up some various people who are uh, just residents of Gotham. Then they come back into the series later, again, as, as very much supporting characters. But it, it, it helps reinforce that none, none of this, this, this feels like a story that was written out very detailed up front the entire run and it was not it, it, there wasn't a random element to it there wasn't any killing of time
1: oh a- absolutely this is it's a very intentional uh you know story it's not tied into anything it's not nothing like this isn't like go getting tied into batman uh it's not this feels like it had no interference yeah or very minimal if it did um and and it's weird how all these stories that don't have intense editorial interference tend to be better what it's crazy it's so weird how that works that is a hot take right there Uh, yeah you know it's uh i think we might need less editorial interference and let people tell their stories
0: yeah it's it's uh well especially when they're this good at doing it um we do get, you know, Batman continues to investigate things. Um, he he's kind of getting closer to uh, parts of this. Um, he realizes the wells are in danger. Uh, Wellis, well, well. I'm, anyway, he mm-hmm. he heads to go save them. Um, but in doing so, um, there's he's he finds himself, and this is the, the the threat now kind of really hits home. There's what looks like hundreds of members of the body that have surrounded him and are, uh, yeah, basically, I mean, he's, he's, he's in a hopeless situation and he has to be saved by the penguin. Yes. Which is, uh, yeah, not, not a, you know, not a, not a good thing, but anyway, they have a brief chat. Um, he, he basically is, uh, you know, telling him, you know, it's kind of highlighting the point. It's, it's a huge problem. It's not a safe place anymore. These things are everywhere you can't trust anything it's it's um kind of points him to a different direction and it kind of lets him know i'm 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 a good luck i'm heading out and i mean presumably the penguin heads off to metropolis for a vacation
1: yeah and um this is it's done really well because we didn't know if the penguin was going to come back or not and when you think the penguin's going to come back you don't naturally assume oh he's going to get batman out of this jam
0: yeah (laughs) so
1: (laughs) so it's done really well here and um this gets us to you know this is like another turning point for the series where you know it ends on a gorgeous splash yeah. page. Of, I'm looking at that right now actually. Yeah.
0: yeah. Just at how much detail is in this page? I mean that's an insane uh amount of complexity for Gotham. It's it the, the city is rendered beautifully
1: yeah i don't i don't think people realize how gorgeous this book is
0: yeah well with all the murder it's easy to overlook that but
1: yeah Yeah, no for for sure and then you know now we get you know bruce having to go undercover and do detective work in um a a certain part of gotham he's not really familiar with or that familiar with yeah and he goes really undercover here
0: Yeah. And you get a sense that, um, so for, so once again, we get back to kind of the detective roots, we get an ugly, again, new kind of gritty look at Gotham. We get Bruce doing something very different from what he's normally done. Uh, just a very, very different Batman get to see the city in a very, very different way. Um, and you do, it, it kind of, I think reinforces to Batman how bad things are. Like he, he thought he knew, but this, this area is terrible
1: yeah it's it's horrendous uh here this is like kind of where it seems like the body is coming from in this area right uh, and he's getting in with this uh big guy leo who's this like uh construction guy um and he's like but but this is like deep stuff where like Bruce says like you know he has one of his identities he's like getting in with like Leo and Leo's family to try to figure out what what the hell's going on and, and this is like this impoverished part of town there's like a dead dog in the street there's a you know schizophrenic homeless man walking around like it's very uh, you know it's just very blunt about how like you thought the rest of Gotham was awful which it is This is like somehow worse. And it's part of what highlights it is that it's that bad in broad daylight.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they deliberately make these scenes. It's in the middle of the day. It's terrible. The sun's up. Um, It's different from the Gotham we've been seeing, which has been almost perpetually in the night and raining. And here we're getting uh, this. It's just it's another card revealed on the table uh, of this of this story. And I think, you know, for, for people who might be thinking, wow, this sounds brutal. Um, it is. It absolutely is. But it's all very purposeful. And I think it goes back to the old adage of, you, you know, to have a great hero, you do have to have great villains. You do have to have real threats. And this is, it, this all helps build up Bruce Wayne, Batman, as a more powerful character. It's, it's not subtractive at all. And in fact, in this way, you kind of get the feeling that Gotham is the is a villain. And you know, we've seen all the other villains in Arkham and his usual rogues gallery. In this case, Gotham itself is a villain that he has yeah. to. Yeah.
1: So, and while all this is going on, um, Tim Drake has to be on like protective watch of the ventriloquist who mm-hmm. is like on life support in in the hospital. Yes. Which, um, you know, does, uh, like, things get crazy, and he eventually has to fight uh, Scarface, which is amazing Yes, uh, when we get there. But, yeah, it's like Tim Drake's there, and so he is sort of our way of getting back to Gotham because when things get bad there, we see how bad it's getting in the hospital, and we can kind of bounce back and forth between there. And um, after Bruce has cleverly disguised himself as, as a homeless man to get a lot of this information now disguises himself as someone who needs a job uh working construction for Leo he he figures out by being on the streets for you know at least a day probably a few days who runs this part of town he pinpoints that it's Leo and then he knows I have to work for Leo if I'm going to figure out what's going on here
0: yeah no, and and he he intentionally kind of gets into a fight. He's he's kind of going deep and deep undercover. We do see these scenes kind of while this is going on of Frank, who had been injured and he's in the hospital as well. And he is uh he's very, very paranoid that you know who are people. So he's like he stabs this uh this nurse with a needle in order to see if there's dirt or blood under the skin. I think they do a really nice you know, effective job here of showing how this is unhinged frank to some extent but he's also very wise to the threat
1: yeah and, and tim is the one who has to handle him and, and yeah. tim tim has no problem handling him but you're also concerned because tim is a bit green and doesn't quite comprehend the threat and yeah. you know so as the reader you're like boy, I sure wish you two would sit down and calmly talk to each other. So you'd both understand the situation. Uh, because, uh, it's, it's bad that you don't.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Frank is, um, is definitely, he, I mean, there, he's drawn, he's written as he's coming off unhinged, but he's also right. Yes. And so it, it sets up the creeping nature of this entire thing that, uh, he is, you know, he, he's wrong here. Um, it's it's uh yeah, and, and Frank is is just doing all the things to come off as unhinged and everything else, where uh Tim is is absolutely unaware. And in a story like this, you get the feeling like um, you know, I mean you don't feel like any part of it is safe. Like no. we kind of get to feel like Tim's bad things could happen to Tim. So with every page, you're just worried what's coming next.
1: You're you're waiting for the body to just like yeah. overthrow this hospital and kill Tim. And then <laughs> um it's made very clear that at, like Leo is intentionally done to be this like large intimidating person. So like at any moment, it's like, if if this guy catches on to Bruce, he might kill him. Like. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah nobody is in a good spot here. Um, and then we also, I mean, we get kind of these, I get very, very great use of captions. It turns out, yeah, you, you absolutely can use them to good effect in a comic. Crazy. Um, yeah, he's he forces himself to cross the street. Will it matter? Will the people of Gotham care? Will it make their lives better? We get this shot of, you know, basically six people kind of huddled together in a bed. Presumably, I mean, these junkies. Is it? It's you know, we pull back and we we just get to view this street of of homeless people and people collapsed on on stairs and just you know the 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 park will be filled with my nightmares. It's uh, yeah, it's great stuff.
1: It's, it's great, but then there's also, like, right at the end here, you, you know, this particular part, so like the end of part eight, you know, we don't really see Gordon this this whole time until now, and then you get the Gordon reveal, you know, yeah. somebody call for a washed up old cop, and it's like, if you use characters sparingly, and then you drop something like that at the end of an issue, then people care. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. You know, so it's yeah. I mean, he he shows up at the right moment. We haven't seen him all along. It's actually yeah. a cool bit that Gordon is on the scene, and maybe you feel a little bit better that the situation is is a little bit more handled. Same time, you also wonder if they're moving all the pieces around to just yeah <laughs> to put them all in danger.
1: Um, no, ab- absolutely. But Jim Gordon showing up, and, and I, I I think back to um, when when Jeffrey Thorne talked about uh, certain characters like. When when Captain America shows up, you know you're going to be all right. Like that's yeah. like he's who you want to show up in in the Marvel universe, and um, you know it's the same thing. Like Jim Gordon shows up, you're like, oh, thank God, Jim Jim Gordon's here. It's gonna it's gonna be okay, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, because we're we're in this scene here where we've got you know the the cop, Frank is is barely holding on to his sanity. Um, you know, the ventriloquist is is here. Uh, you know. Rob's freaked out. We know that the, the hospital has people in it who aren't who they they say they are and the, the threat has come. So so yeah, Jim Gordon shows up and you do get a feeling of of some security. It's a it's a it's a good use of Jim. I mean the, the entire piece. And then meanwhile, we're seeing Bruce get further and further ingrained into this piece. And we're seeing some of the I, I mean, I you could argue that this is a, a gentrification plot here, but it's it's not it's just uh, it's just building kind of nice things over new yeah um, but it, it's you know you, you then get you, you cut from a really beautiful scene of them on top of a building looking out this new kind of uh, these skyscrapers that they're building these new um, uh, places are gonna transform the whole city in our next page we' to get a guy who is in face down in the gutter dead <laughs> in an alley with a cat walking by I mean yeah. It's, it's uh, one panel after the next.
1: No, for sure. And, and yeah, it is just, you know, w- once we're in, um, you know, part nine and, um, you know, he's getting more ingrained, like Bruce is playing like softball with these guys. We got, um, yep. you know, the, again, we're, we're getting more and more ingrained in, in the life of, of Leo here. Uh, Bruce becoming more and more concerned that his wife is in, like, serious danger and, you you know, is trying to figure out, like, how do I save this woman? And again, this is is writing, folks. He set up, David Latham set up in the first issue, Bruce Wayne wasn't able to help uh, Hattie and she died. And yeah. now we have Bruce Wayne, or at least the disguise of Bruce Wayne again. And now he's in a very similar situation. He's here with this woman, and he's trying to figure out how to help her as a Bruce Wayne, or at least someone who isn't Batman. So yeah. it's this figuring out, like, okay, you have a cousin who lives so and so somewhere, and we're gonna we're gonna figure this out and we'll get you on a bus. And you, you know, we're we're gonna make this work yeah so so you have all that going on while um you know that's going on but then there's a, a homeless man who is uh you know foaming at the mouth uh, it's like um that movie the stuff if you've ever seen the movie the stuff it's like yeah. all that like white white stuff coming out the stuff is a a fantastic movie it's a great uh 80s horror movie it's got a Wonderful uh, Abe Vigoda cameo, and uh, yeah, okay. uh, and the where's the beef lady? Where's the stuff? You know, it's uh, okay. I'll have to check that. out You okay. know, it's the st- the guy's Mo, and he's called Mo because whenever they ask him, for, whenever he asks for money, he always wants Mo. That's the joke. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's a great horror movie. Uh, check it out. But um, very good. But yeah, so, so that's going on. And then there's more tension in the hospital because like uh, Frank and Tim Drake are trying to explain to like Gordon what's going on. So he's getting like conflicting stories here. And like, like Gordon's like, well, what's going on here? Like it's it, it's yeah. getting intense. You, you know, it's like, but but yeah, you see, they move all the pieces together because now we get Frank, Tim Drake, the ventriloquist and Gordon all in a room together. So you right. know something not good's going to happen.
0: Right. Yeah. They've 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 identified that and they do a good job again of of one, these these characters aren't idiots. They're they they know something bad's about to happen. Tim Drake has set up some little traps and things, and but it's uh it it is uh they know they they think they understand what's coming, they don't, and that's a cool aspect to this story. That it's it's going to overwhelm them, and it, and you do you got this scene of uh, I think it's time to move, and as as multiple members of the body are climbing up this building, um, simultaneously, Bruce is in a really bad situation here, um, kind of being taken care of and and having fever dreams and everything else, and and yeah, he like you said, he's he's definitely concerned, he's over his head at this point.
1: Oh yeah. No, so so that's all going on, and, and this leads to that um, diseased homeless man who who's clearly something with the body and is infecting people. Um, you know, we get another cliffhanger ending sort of here, where he's getting rushed to the hospital. Right. It, you know, it's uh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing is so good. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. This is just a master's class in comics. Like, my God,
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's um, it's definitely good. At the hospital, of course, um, the they're they've been overrun. Um, it it is uh, you've got threats coming from multiple directions. Uh, you have uh, you know the basically the the body is, is advancing further and further we get that nice shot of the we keep flashing back to the ventriloquist yeah um uh, just kind of hanging down there it's 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 yeah it's a it's a good it's it's definitely some good stuff in here
1: no it is it is phenomenal it is it, you know it's you care about everyone from from batman and tim drake and gordon to all these like new characters you you uh you interestingly enough like you care a- about you know like leo's wife and and y- you know you care about you know to an extent even leo because like yeah. you're you're wondering you know like uh because i mean bruce despite all of this still cares enough that he wants to help all of these people. He's not here, he's not here to, to necessarily, he's here to stop Leo, but he's not here to like, you know, break everything up or change life here. He's here to like, get up. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I mean, you you know, I I know we're going through uh, a, a lot of what's happening. There's some crazy, like, hallucinating kind of things that that happen yeah. a little towards the end um you know the
0: well, there, yeah. i like this shot of because uh, it's it's again a kind of another batman trope that they um they they toss out um where they they throw up the the bat signal
1: yeah oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. but unfortunately
0: uh bruce is kind of has steeled himself he's he's overcoming kind of his fear and these these hallucinations these visions and he heads into the park which prevents him from seeing the signal which means that again tim drake and jim gordon everybody are on their own yeah and they are um and and they're and they're gonna get they're getting beat so we we get that that um tim and and gordon have kind of fallen to this uh this threat this fear and only the only person left to kind of defend them is the lunatic or the you know the cop who's lost his mind frank yeah And that's that's gonna be a bad situation at that point.
1: (laughs) Yes. You know, I I love this book so much. I don't wanna spoil the ending. Okay, it's it's so it's so powerful. It's you know, you'll you'll finish this and and it like we were saying, this sticks with you. It does, yeah. You know, you will you know it's it's so impressively done i i i am i am blown away by its mere existence
0: yeah it, it is um yeah there there's so many powerful things going on here it's a it's a tough ending it's an earned ending but it's it's and it's um it is not a, a super happy ending i would say Um, uh, it does it it ties things up but it's still i mean it, it it's and it hits everyone. You you see how all these pieces. Now I'm trying to, to censor myself a little bit as you are going through this. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you see how the pieces that really for the last uh, eleven issues or so uh, were were paid off here in this thing. Oh yeah. Um, well, you you get a return of a lot of characters from the early parts of the book, and you see where they fit into the whole place. Uh, you see kind of uh, how Batman has uh, has come to grips with this this story. You get you get more just absolutely beautiful rendered views of gotham i'm trying to think if there's ever been an artist who's put so much detail into the city i I mean the the weird star of this whole line is gotham itself
1: oh yeah you know it's it's gorgeous and and the way they balance how you know uh Batman's dealing with the body, and and Tim and Gordon and them are dealing with the body, and then how that comes to a head in like the last chapter. Yeah. Um, you, you know, all all of the chaos and and destruction, all of uh, all that madness, and, and and you know the the tragedy of um, you know, again, not to spoil the ending. But you know, obviously, there's there's no, there is no, a happy ending for you know, Cassie's parents, right? There, there just isn't there, there, be, because there can't be because she's dead,
0: right? Exactly.
1: And you know, it is you know again, it, it's this just dark, gorgeous story that that re- it doesn't hold punches and that's one of the biggest complaints I think a lot of people have with the big two is they don't do stories like this because they're always holding punches but there is a way to tell an incredibly powerful moving story that doesn't mess with the continuity right. Batman is still Batman at the end of this he hasn't there There is no paradigm shift here Tim Drake is still Tim Drake, Gordon's still Gordon, like
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. I mean, I mean that's that's it. there's no cheap gimmicks here. I think there's a combination of things that often happen at the Big 2 where as you say they pull their punch. They want to show a sadistic, terrible, threatening villain. But the villain can't be too villainous. You know, they they can't it can't be too too bad because you know that's just uncomfortable. And at the same time, with these kinds of storylines, there's this compel uh, this this people feel compelled to need to upend the status quo. In some ways, you know, the character has to be different out of this, and they have to. There has to be some payoff that that matters from the story. And the payoff here is you get a damn good story. And what sticks is not the characters; it's you, the reader. It sticks with you. You're the one who gets to have this story inside of you that is uh, is powerful that you'll remember. And like you said, Batman can go on and have other adventures. Same with Tim and, and everyone else. It's not going to change the status quo. It's just going to deliver. I, the, the thing that changes the status quo is you've got a really dark, gritty story mm-hmm. of Batman being Batman. I mean, no, and no part of this was Batman not acting like Batman. He doesn't like randomly pick up a gun in the middle of it and like, I've got to use this now or any of that kind of stuff. He, Yeah. Every, everybody holds true to who they are.
1: Everyone holds true to who they are. Everyone's still here at the end of it. You don't kill off Penguin or, you know, Mr. Freeze or uh, Ventriloquist. Maybe some of these characters, uh, you know, are going to take some time to, you know, heal or bounce back or they're going to end up at Arkham or whatever it is. But nothing is permanently changed. Nothing is, you know, which is the point is that Gotham like can't, change exactly yeah and and yeah it is this is the kind of story where you just kind of want any editor who's working in the bad office to be like hey i'm giving you this assignment uh you read this because you have to you need to understand how to write a powerful story that isn't a paradigm shift that isn't a this will change everything forever that you know which one of these characters dies. That's not what this story's about. And it's more powerful than almost any story where those things do happen.
0: Yes, I I can't agree with you more. How do people find this? It's collected in trade. I think it is on DC Infinite. It is is on their digital platform. You can get it there. Yeah. Uh, back issues are expensive but not not absurdly so you can you can they might be a little tough to find but you can get them
1: yeah i mean because they're they're fairly modern i mean this is uh you know detective comics issue 800 through 808 and then 811 to 814.
0: right so, so
1: you know if you have the um you know dcu app or whatever i think they have all the detective issues on there
0: it's there Yeah. yeah
1: I think, you know, I have the uh oversized deluxe edition. Yep. You know, which um, you know, if you're uh, someone who's uh collecting the oversized editions and you have those reading orders, you watch a lot of near mint condition with Omar or something like that. You know, this goes right before your Paul Dini omnibus there. There you go. You know. And I
0: think you can get it. So right now, uh this deluxe edition, I think the one you were just holding up there, it's on Amazon. Mm-hmm. You can get forty bucks um it is worth your money like for god's sake
1: you like buy this uh, for 40 (laughs) dollars yeah this is oh my god this is i i don't know like probability dictates it's nearly impossible for you to buy a better batman story yeah like you know like if you just threw a dart at a board for a random batman story like this this is you know like hands down outside of you know some of the pre-crisis stuff and uh maybe a couple of of post-crisis stories tops it's it's gonna give
0: you a story that's going to take you a while to read it's not a quick read and that's a a good thing you definitely feel like you're getting your money's worth um and and like i'm trying to think of some movies like kind of in the same way and i i'm i wasn't a big fan of the mystery box at the end reveal but like the grittiness and the mood of seven sticks with a lot of people of being kind of that that creepy environment that that really haunts you this this will do that for you Mm -hmm. plot the story the character i mean again it's it's very definitive it does a great job for the character it doesn't alter the character you don't need to know much going in you can read this if you're not really a huge batman fan i think you can come into this you're going to get a really dark gritty detective story with Mm -hmm. some powerful stuff and again the art is understated here it's the way Batman comes in with smoke where his cape is billowing and he kind of just seeps into the room through the shadows. It's, it's a different way than you might've been used to seeing Batman portrayed. Uh, yeah. An, an incredible story.
1: Absolutely. This is like uh, if David Fincher directed a Batman movie.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a good way to put it. I you know, think.
1: this, yeah, this is uh, like your seven fight club, like those, those kind of things is like Batman. Yeah. It's, it's got that kind of feel uh, to it. Um, you know, um, you know, uh, other things pop to mind that aren't like, ex- like necessarily the exact one for one kind of, right. um, transfers in like film, like, um, you know, it's, it's dark and gritty, like, um, like even something like, you know, eight millimeter with Nicolas Cage, which I think was a Joel Schumacher film, which at least, yep. Hey, he directed a Batman movie. So like, so yep. again, that pops to mind cause it's dark and gritty, but like. Not for that reason. So like it's no. not, it's not like Batman and Robin, don't worry. But uh um, no,
0: it's, it's not like that. And I think you can um I don't I don't know, you can come into it and you're you're not gonna get they're not telling this Batman story today. I think if you're if you're one of the people who are like they're 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 they are they 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 do not tell I'm amazed at the people who are frustrated with kind of the current comics being told and they haven't read this one. Yeah. Like here's your antidote right here. Here's, here's, here's a story going to take you some hours to read. You're going to remember it for days, weeks, or months after it's going to be one of the best things you picked up. And, uh, definitely you, you can't complain that, uh, they're not putting out good comics when you can put your hands on this one. So go get it.
1: A- absolutely, a high a highest recommendation for for a Batman story, especially for anyone who's just like, I just want a Batman story. I don't want this. I don't want ninety other Batman and girls and women and Robins. Mm. I just I just want a Batman story. It's like this is Batman, Tim Drake, Alfred, Gordon. That's yeah. it. Like yeah. just just you know, pick this up and, and just have a fantastic time.
0: Absolutely. I, I think this is probably the most positive review we've done, and probably will do.
1: Yeah, no, uh, everything else is going to be a disappointment after this. So <laughs> read read this, and then you'll understand why we hate everything else we read. Yeah, there you go. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, coming up next, uh, it's Marvel, which uh, that's that's uh, excited to do that one with you.
1: Oh yeah, no, that's that's going to be a good time.
0: Let's lower that floor right down. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Joe, thank you very much, and everybody listening to please go check this book out. You're absolutely going to love it. Um, thanks for listening.
1: Yeah, thanks for checking us out.